Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to this word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Understanding has come to you again today in the name of Jesus. Amen. The ability to pray and get the results that God desires has come to you again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a result of this evening's meeting, something different will happen in your prayer life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can pray prayers that get results, but you can pray prayers that please God. Are you getting my point? The emphasis is on what? The one that pleases the Lord. The one that pleases the Lord. That's what we are aiming for. Sometimes we Christian pastors, we preach as if the aim of prayer is just to get results. No, it's not. The aim of prayer is to please God. It's to please God. That's why some people refuse deliverance and God said, that's a good guy. That's a good man. Are you getting my point? You have to know how to pray the prayer that God wants, not the one that you want. Not the one that you want. All right? And that's the target of all of these things. We are becoming like God himself. We're not trying to use the power of God to establish ourselves in our own ways. That's what sometimes people do what they call Christianity. They use the power of God to establish themselves in their own ways. You understand? <laughs> I want something, I must get it. I will use every spiritual power available to get what I want. No, what we want as believers is to become what God wants us to be. And that's what we're talking about. And that's the spirit that will enter you in a greater measure again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, before we sit down, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 119. We're going to read it together. That's what we have been looking at, the most important prayer. Where did we end last time? Okay, 120. Okay, let's start from 121. All right? But this time around, we are likely to read till the end. Uh, the reason is because, uh, like I said, there's, there's now a lot of repetition going on. And like I said something last time, the reason why, I mean, I was just looking at it, and please, I think we should do that. I think we should do that. All of us should learn to do it. Just take these psalms and use it to pray. It's important. Use it to pray. You know, the, the, the impression, you know, sometimes Christians have a problem with staying in a the balance. They have a problem with that. You know, Pentecostals, when we came, it was as if we threw away every prayer book. You know that? Yeah, once I learned the word of it, we threw away every prayer book. We laughed at people that had prayer books. What kind of nonsense is that? You pray by the Spirit. The spirit is what he used to pray. And then, and then the person that prays the best, one that prays in tongues. You know, we look back now and say, small pekinosis is not good. Though. You know what it's called? called small pekinosis. Small child, pekinosis. It's a disease of being a small child for a long time. <laughs> That's a joke. I hope you know. don't go and quote that. One doctor said, <laughs> you know, we're just children. We threw away everything. So the things that are good, we threw away. But as we are growing, of course, we keep on discovering those things. We keep on discovering those things. The book of Psalms was a prayer book. All right? It doesn't mean you cannot say your own prayers. It doesn't mean you can't utter your own words. But when you see words that have been used, captured by the Spirit, and written for you, in that situation is the best words to use. Is the best words to use. Those are the best words to use in that situation. 
that's that's just the best thing. So what I'm going to say is that, and then I haven't looked look through it. You know, look, I looked through it again and again. Yet this morning, I showed my wife something when she came to the room early in the morning. I said, "Baby, look at this." I just saw from one some um, one one nine verses one forty seven and one forty eight. All right, I just discovered that David said that I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. Now let me read that from New Living Translation. He said, "I cry out. I rise early." Before the sun is up, I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Now, he also said in verse 148, My eyes, this is New American Standard, My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. He said, New Living Translation put like this, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. Do you understand my point? That they don't wake up at night is to do what? Meditate on the word of God. I thought about it. I said, look, this is what, that's what I'm trying to say. Let's take this and one night and just take it and read, and, and read the prayers. You know, you're not just chanting it. You are reading the prayers if you are the one saying them. All right? Like I said before, if you get to a particular place and it appears like your life is not up to the standard of what David was talking about there by the Spirit, what you will do is that you will repent of that shortcoming. Do you follow my point? And then you start declaring that by faith. They will say, I have obeyed your ordinances. I have kept your commandments. All right? If you realize that you have not been following carefully the ordinances of the Lord, what you will do is that you will repent. It becomes for you a point of repentance. It becomes for you a point of repentance. But then the idea is that you take those scriptures and start declaring them as if you are the one praying them. Very, very beautiful. And I think why David, the one I'm talking about is that you see repetition coming again and again. And that is because you know, sometime earlier in the year, we talk about repetition that is not vain. Because Jesus talked about vain repetition. Then we'll talk about the repetition that's not vain. This is my year of breakthrough. Lord, you will give me money. You will give me a car. Again, I say, you will, that's repetition that is vain. Are you getting my point? David will tell you things like, I meditate on your ordinances. I meditate on your commandments. When you hear all of those things, that's not repetition. That's not vain repetition. Alright? When you're repeating these words, it's not vain repetition. I thought about it. When I read that particular portion, the one I just read to us now, 147, that when Jesus will get up and pray all night, these are the kind of things he does. These are the kind of things he used to do. You see many things that the Lord Jesus said, written clearly in these scriptures. I was just reading through it, and I make notes, you know, I like, thank God for technology. I thought technology is for something good. It's not for gossip. For me, technology is to be able to, my Bible um, apps that I use, any verse I read, I'm blessed by. I put my notes inside. It's saved in the server. Very, I mean, you, should, you should do that. You should do that. It's very good. You can find it anytime, even if you change your Bible. Buy a new device, you'll still be able to find it. Now, I look through it, you see, I find that there's many, many things that Jesus prayed. Okay? And exactly those words are inside here. So how do you pray effectively? It's not by, look, speak, praying in tongues is, is, is correct, amen? I believe in it. Paul said it. I pray in this. He said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit what? Prays. He said, sometimes I pray in my understanding. Sometimes I pray in an unknown tongue. So it is clear. It's scripture. I'm not saying it's not. Okay? But, but it doesn't mean you are more spiritual than the person that is not doing that. The most effective prayer, the most correct prayer is when the word of God is what you are releasing. You know, my wife went somewhere the other day. She said, she just needs people who are praying. You know, there are kind of prayers that we hardly, you know, I find it so strange. Like sometimes binding and losing things. I say, why are you binding this thing? Lift the word of God over it. It is bound. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point here. 
Just leave the word of God over a situation. Every time you leave God's word over something, believe me, that is the most powerful prayer. That's why sometimes the prayer you need to pray is God. Give, when Jesus said pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. There are two realms of that. There's physical bread, give us money, give us food. But there is another side people often forget. Give us the word that we'll use to battle for this season. Very crucial. That Look, God releases a word to you. If I have to pray about money, eh, I can discuss with the Lord, oh, ah, this amount of money I think I will need because sometimes you are not even sure what you need. You think you need 10 naira. The Lord says you don't need more than 1 naira 50. Sometimes the Lord says you, you think you need 10 naira. When this, when this thing drops for your head, you know that you need like 200. <laughs> so when I want to pray, I ha- these days I can't remember specific. I can discuss with the Lord because we are praying, you, you know, you're talking. Lord, look at the situation. This will be solved for this amount. This will be solved for this amount. But when I want to really get into the depth of prayer, I don't say anything like that. I just leave the scripture and declare it over the situation. Because the word of God can think. The word of God knows exactly how much money is needed. And he knows how to recruit the angels that go and bring the exact amount. So there's no point to say, people think faith is when, um, you know, uh, you declare the exact amount and I told the Lord it's going to be 1.56 million and then it's one level of faith. I'm not saying it's bad, it's just one level. So don't think that unless you can do that and be so sure, stop saying things you can't be sure of. Are you getting my point? Let me tell you how, 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 you, how you pray when you want to ask God for some things. If you wanted to ask God for this flyer now, this flyer is uh, basically is bluish themed, right? Uh-huh. If the Lord will give you a brownish themed one that you will accept, then don't ask for a blue one. That's unbelief. Because if you say, Lord, I need a blue flyer and brown one comes to collect, you are doubting. <laughs> Do you get my point? Yes, that is why they say, uh, tell God what kind of woman you like. Because she must be 1.68 meters tall. What if she comes and she's 1.72? You go say, Lord, she's too tall, cut in legs more. You won't say that. So for me, anything you are willing to compromise on, don't make a specific request about it. If I need a car, I won't ask God for color because I know that if I'm saying God make it white and it brings blue, I will jump at the blue. They were crazy confusion in heaven. The angels will just be wondering, who is this car for you or somebody else? So to to be sure, to, to pray in faith, don't Ask for things you cannot hold on rigidly to. Do you follow what I'm trying to say here? I want to pray for a wife. Lord, give me a good wife. Somebody who together we can do your will. So that together with her I can fulfill the purpose you call both of us into. You know that one, there's no compromise. If she will not be like that, the answer is no, I would rather be single. Give me a good woman. If a bad woman comes, I say, Lord, you know I said good. But if you start praying some of these prayers that uh, I want my wife to be a graduate of University of Benin, what, she gradu- what if she graduates from the University of Nigeria? You know, go agree. Say, Lord, ah, she's okay, but this one are from Portacot University. I said, you need Ben. You know you won't say that. For that reason, don't put that one in your prayer point. Don't create confusion in your own soul. You become double-minded. That's the point. And when you are double-minded, you cannot receive from God. You know, sometimes I preach things that other people don't preach, but please, just reason about it with scripture, you know what I'm saying is very, very reasonable. 
People say, be very specific. I don't believe that. He said, Jesus asked that man, what do you want me to do? He said, let me see. Man wants see, man wants see. I mean, what other option is that one? No, really. That means it is good enough to say, Lord, I want a good wife. Is that not the same thing as I want to see? He didn't say, God, I want to see. I want my red color, my red sides to be sharp. I don't want to be colorblind in any dimension. I want my vision to be 6, uh, you know, 20, 20, when I'm looking like this. And in the evening, I want my rhodopsin to wake up. I don't want you. <laughs> you don't say that. The man just said, I want to see. I want to be cleansed. He didn't say, I want to be cleansed in five minutes on 24 hours. Now, just cleansing, commodities, leprosy. That's what I'm going to say. Some of these specificities we get into, it creates confusion in our souls. But he said, look, I'm declaring that by this week, my sales will be one millionaire. By this week, my sales will be one millionaire. By this week, my sales will be one millionaire. There are things I don't say. I don't believe they are necessary. Okay, if God give me a sale of 950000 I'll go, I go fight. <laughs> if he says, okay, the sales will be, it will be uh, five million, we will say, no, I can't handle it. So what do I say? It's simple. Lord, this week, I am fruitful. I multiply. I fill the earth. I have dominion. I'm fruitful. I multiply. I fill the earth. According to the word of God, in all that I do, I prosper. Stop, stop putting your own confused mind inside that prayer. After all, that one million you are saying is because somebody said do financial planning. If you sell one million this week, your property is a month. After six months, you'll be like this. You don't know that God intends to shut that business that after five months. No, five months is shutting it down and moving you somewhere else. You can't plan your life. The word of God can. It is the word of God that can do the planning, not you. So learn to think the word. Learn to talk the word. Learn to talk the word. Learn to pray with it. Don't, don't harass it. Stop harassing God every time with your desires. These desires can be reviewed. They can be reviewed. There are things you prayed for for some time. Then when the environment changes, you change it again. Do you follow my point? Let the world think for you. The word of God brings things into your life you did not know you needed. You are getting my point here? We'll talk more about this. Let's 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 read this. Let's read so we can sit down. Let's do it the normal way we have been doing that. But we're going to read very far. As as we're going on, I might stop here and there to pass some comments. Um, Then... And then if we don't finish it, if I feel like we're taking too much time, we'll stop somewhere. But I want us to read a lot, all right? Now, let's start from verse 121. David said, I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. 122. Be shorty for your servant for good. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. 123. My eyes fill with longing for your salvation and for your righteous word. 124. Deal with your servant according to your loving kindness and teach me your status. Now that is what was David saying there. This is how God does good to me. 124. That verse 124. This is how God deals with me with unfailing love. When he deals with me according to his loving kindness, what he gives me is instruction, teaching. Like I say all the time, God does not ever bless your you know, your disobedience. A sign of love is what? Correction. If you are walking in ignorance, God will not bless your ignorance. What he will do is what? Correct you. And you get my point. 
So a sign that God is about to bless somebody is that he's being corrected. Let me tell you, if you are receiving correction, it's a sign of blessing. Do you get what I'm saying? Very important. So David said, deal with your servant according to your loving kindness and teach me your statutes. He said in 125, I'm your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. 126, it's time for the Lord to act. For they have broken your law. He said, therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Let me read that again. David said, I love your commandments. Everybody say after me, I love his commandments. I love his commandments. More than money. More than money. Yes. yes. More than U.S. dollars. More than U.S. dollars. Yes, let's call it, you know, are you getting my point? Most people don't know gold. They think gold is a ring. No, that's what we think. We think it's necklace. When David was talking about gold, he wasn't talking about the one he wore on his neck. He's the one he used to buy things. And David was saying here, I love these commandments more than gold. Yes, above fine gold. 128. Therefore, I still write all your precepts concerning everything. And I hate every false way. Now that is very important for us to understand. What was David saying here? I love your commandments. I love them. I love them more than pure gold, fine gold. He said the result of this is what I want to just talk about briefly. He said for that reason, because of the understanding that your commandments give me, I hate every false way. What that means is that now there's a commandment, don't love false way. Are you getting what I'm saying? But now because that commandment has given me understanding, when I see false ways, I know it doesn't lead anywhere good. Do you get my point? Yes, I know. I know it doesn't lead anywhere good. Like the one that gives us an example. Somebody, people could start looking for quick money. No matter how, how sure it is, I don't want it. I don't want it. They get the percentage of the people that win lottery. This, um, all these big lotteries in US and Europe, people will win a hundred million dollars at a go. If you hear the percentage of those who commit suicide over the next few years, you'll be shocked. You will have thought that when you have all that money, all your troubles will go away. So now it doesn't excite me. Say, man, they found $100 million in this guy's house. If I, if I see that kind of money now, oh God. There are prayers I don't pray. God, that kind of money brings that kind of headache. It brings that kind of trouble. Do you follow my point? David was saying here, understanding. When the Lord gives me understanding, what is the result of it? The result is that I understand that the thing he said is not good, is not good. Do you understand my point? Yes. Of course, you know that our joke. That if God comes now and says that, okay, Banky, I've revised, revised the law. Oh, especially those of you who have been preaching. You've been preaching hard, traveling and preaching the gospel. Now you can marry three, three wives. I'll say, God, give Okemote two of my own. The one you have given me is good enough. That is, assuming he changes his mind. and say, now you can have two extra. I will donate one to Israel. <laughs> and give Felix the second one. Are you getting my point? Why? Having contemplated his precepts all these years, I have seen that it's not a good thing. So when God says, don't do this, it's like buying a phone. Don't dip it in water. Say, is this Samsung that owns it? It's not my money. <laughs> Are you getting my point? Say, look, I like checking my text messages in the bathroom. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm lying in my jacuzzi. You're on your own. Are you getting my point? So it's, it's, it's not for their own good that they gave you the instruction. Yeah. It's for your own good. 
So that's what David was saying. That I've, I've gotten to a point now that I fully understand it. So now it's not just about, pre, about the commandment. It is now because I have understanding, I now know that the false way is not good for me. You get my point here? Let's continue reading now. 129, he said, your testimonies are wonderful. Don't forget we should take time out. You can just take this thing, one, maybe one for two days. Go over a, a few portions. You know, do, go do it again and again. Number of t- times a day. Then go to the next portion again. Do it a number of times a day. That's what you should do with this. All right? 129, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Ah, these are, these are important scriptures. The same thing I've been saying. If the word of God is clear to you, it helps you understand the rest of life. It wasn't talking about understanding the word. No. When the word of God comes to you, he gives you understanding. You know, when, you know, when my wife, of course, after we got married and stuff, we've been married for a number of years. One day my wife came home one day. She was telling me a story of something that happened. Somebody she encountered, she went with a particular team when they traveled that time to China. So on the way, you just give me this later along the line about something that happened. She told me about one young lady that was there, the way the girl was behaving. I said, that girl dates sugar daddies. She said, my husband, how did you know? I said, that is the behavior of... So- Do you get what I'm saying? I said, just by... You should just think that, look, you know, there was a, a large team, you understand? That the way this girl was just behaving. Ha, this kind of behavior is this. Just telling me about it. I said, that one, forget. She, look, look, look. Sugar daddy is her portion. She told me that, I actually... One of the people said that, ah, hmm, that is a gas babe. How did I know? That, are you getting my point? Just... I told her the story once. My wife told me that something happened to somebody. And I told her, I said, look, tell that person that your husband wants to kill you. And you know me, I'm not a very uh, witch is after you. But whether witch is after you or not, that your husband wants to kill you occultically. Is that English correct? Is it correct? Occultically. But you got my idea, me. Yes, you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It may just be correct, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said he has tried because of her righteousness. He had failed. He was trying to entice her to do evil. And I said, that's the reason. So I went to my office. I told one of my colleagues, he said, let's see what's in my eyes here. You know, just talking about, look at what I heard. Before I finished, he said, that guy is in a cult. He needs to kill that woman for certain reasons. I said exactly what I told my wife when she told me the story. I like one thing he said. He said, is it today we started Christianity? He said, it's not today. We understand these things. That by interacting, he had never been in the occult. I've never been in the occult. But just by interacting with the word of God, I said, ah, why would somebody say this? I said, that woman needs to die. And he has tried. So when we say some of the things we say, it's not that I don't say there's no spiritual power. I'm just saying that there is spiritual power is you, the one you are looking at right here. And the one that is looking at this one right here. That is people that are in Christ Jesus. That's, that's, that, that's, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you do me like this, you go see. My own that. If you say that thing again, you won't see again. <laughs> it, it won't bother me. It, it won't bother me it, one bit. I'm not afraid. I'm more afraid of a blade. If you pursue me with a blade, I may run. But if you drop the blade and bring with the biggest jazz in the world, all the incantation, ah, ah, that's my area. 
I will turn back and face you. So let us toss it for each other. I'll give you only one. You know, in Los Angeles 84, when Carl Lewis won the, you know, he won four gold medals. He won for 100 meters. Then four by 100, that's male. And then he won by four, that's four by 100, that's really. Then he won 200 meters and then the long jump. The long jump is the one I remember. You know the way they do jumping? You are, you are giving how many attempts? Three. So they take the best of three. Carlis did one and walked away. Told everybody, catch that one if you can't. I remember Carlis. He, the guy went, he jumped. We watched that time. The man jumped. He looked at it. They measured it. Are you going again? He shook his head and walked away. Nobody. <laughs> Look, like we say in those days, no guy. No guy. No guy. Nobody came near it. In the same manner, if you face me like that, I will drop one scripture for you. And I walk away. And be, be, be sure that, just pray to your God, I drop the weak, the gentle one. Because there's a gentle one that just protects me, doesn't harm you. I, I just, you, you, I do not the incantation, I just tell you, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I walk away. You may be safe. If I turn to the other one, say the wicked has drawn an arrow. They have drawn their bow to shoot the arrow into the heart of the righteous. Into their own heart shall the arrows go. You are dead. <laughs> so I can give you the gentler one. If you want to make me afraid, chase me with a matchstick. That one is better. But if you want, if you want to try anything that you think is occultic, oh boy, that's my zone. Drop one scripture. Just one. Like, I'll be chasing that one. The angels will beat. They, they will beat. It's only there's hope for salvation. That's how you survive. So let's injure this guy. Make him, give him a stroke. Paralyze him for six weeks in hospital. Paradventure, he will believe. But if your case was a hopeless case, one of our brothers happened to him now. His own was even physical. Somebody drew a gun. Said, Come down, I will shoot you. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit possessed him. And he said, shoot me. Say, in the name of Jesus, die. <laughs> True story. He was in his car in Benin. He said, in the name of Jesus, die. Next thing you that that guy fell to the ground. His gun hit the road. He heard the metal hitting the road. He drove off. Look, if I was not a Christian, I would join a bonio. I'm telling this life is too dangerous. You can't just be walking recklessly anyhow. I will cook something, eat serious things. I, I, I won't be even going to a cemetery. No, I will go to the mountains of the Himalayas. Go and collect something better. Why we don't do those things is that we, we, we have things that are far bigger, things that are more powerful. Ah, ah, mm, I like the way I sleep. I don't pray. I don't pray again. Just watch over this house as I'm about to sleep. What's your job before? <laughs> I just give God thanks all the time. I know the, the protection of the Almighty is in my life. The Lord is good. All the time. What I'm going to say is that back to the that issue. I'm just going to explain something. So someone will just understand these things by interacting with scriptures. Just by interacting with the word of God, we understand things. And that's what David was saying. He said, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Let me read the next verse. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. 132. Turn to me and be gracious to me. 
after your manner with those who love your name. That is God's nature is to turn and be gracious to those who love his name. He says, establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep your precepts. That verse 133 says exactly what Jesus was teaching us when he was teaching us to pray. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When he said deliver us from evil, he said exactly this, that he don't let iniquity have dominion over us. He was not saying deliver us from being from evil being, uh, being done against us. He was saying don't let us do evil. That's what Jesus was saying. It's important prayer. Important for us. That's why I said, don't lead us into temptation. Instead, deliver us from doing evil. I believe he lifted it from here. Establish my footsteps in your word. And do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Now, let me read 135 now. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. That is, you're just feeling sorry for other people who are walking away from the commandments of the Lord. But the sign of God's favor in the life of his servant, like we said earlier, is the understanding of his statutes. Let me just say something, please, again. If, you, know, you know what Solomon said? And it was David that taught him that. Too. Sure you know that. Solomon said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, do what? Get wisdom. He told us to go after knowledge. He told us to go after understanding. If you must have something, if God must do something for you, if he tells you, ask me for one thing, please ask for understanding. If God were to give you the opportunity, all right, let your number one desire should be what? Understanding, understanding wisdom, knowledge, to know something. To, look, I'm telling you, today my wife and I were talking. We were just discussing some things. And we said that, look, money was something led to it. I said, this life is vain. Vain, vanity. I, you know, I was just telling her some things. So people said, ah, I have to build the house, build the house. And all those people are just telling her some things. All of them are now trying to rebuild another one. I don't know what I get my point. You know, 15 years ago, many of them had to build, they had to build. They built. 10 years later, they don't like it again. One of my colleagues, he said he had a house for rent. He's living in quarters somewhere. Why are you renting the house out? That neighborhood. Whose house is it? It's my own. When did you be? I built this time. You know, he said he can't live there again. He can't sleep. Like when he's sleeping, he can't sleep with two eyes. He has to keep one eye open. So for at the time we're speaking, the house had been vacant for almost a year. We're looking for tenant. He had been reducing the rent, reducing the rent, reducing the rent. Nobody wanted it to. The way you parked it away, that's how the rest of us too don't want to live there. Don't be in a hurry to build house. Because if it's a car, you can drive it away. If you build the house in the wrong area, you can't carry it. And usually, <laughs> how you go take care of And usually, when you don't have too much money that you want to build, you buy cheap land. And usually, when you buy cheap land, there are not many people around you. So you'll be the first to get there, then the other troublemakers will start growing around you. This life, look, if God says, listen, ask me for something, say, God, please help me to understand life. Help me understand what is important. If God opens your eyes, eh? just opens your eyes, you look from the heavenly angle to this earth. Some prayer points, you, you beg the Lord, can you erase that from even your own memory? Say, Lord, please. I don't, did I, I, I prayed that. 
You know, we look back now. Look, when I was getting married that day, I remember a pair of shoes I bought and shirt I bought for the wedding. I felt bad long after. <laughs> it was an expensive pair of shoes. I didn't enjoy it one day. And I thought, if I had worn the old shoe I had, who would have known? But between me and my bride, we confused ourselves that new shoe is important for the wedding. New suit. If you have money, buy a new suit. But if you don't have, wear the old one. Don't worry. We all assume it is new. It's not wedding. We all assume it is new. We assume it is new. These days, eh? the way God has done my life, this is the one we need to wear. They say, go. I went to the goldsmith up to four times. I remember that time they chose it. Brought us catalog. The guy is a goldsmith in Lagos. He'll make anything for you. We look the ring, look the ring. By the third visit, we finally settled for the normal old plain ring. We don't do ring, go front, go check catalog. Finally, we went for the old. And now I realize later it's poverty. <laughs> Believe me, it's poverty. You say, well, how come it's poverty? I'll tell you. If I felt very rich, anything I wear, you, everybody assumes it is gold. It's poor people that suffer. If a dollar goes to the market and buys a shirt, for 500 and wears it. You will sit down with wearing and say, oh, mossy shirt. Oh, guys! It won't cross your mind that this is 500 naira. Yeah. One day I went for a function and they don't go here. I saw one man inside the hall in the church. I looked at his suit. I told my wife, look at this foolish suit this man is wearing. No, I didn't tell her. I think I was just thinking it. But I told my wife later. I didn't like the suit one bit. What kind of funny suit is this? Funny color. I told my wife, Are you a musician? Why are you dressed like this? <laughs> Then we came out. Now, when I entered, I saw some exotic cars. Like you go for a wedding, you see a Bentley. You see a Rolls Royce. About three of them were packed in a row. I didn't know who owned it. So I entered the church. I saw this guy, looked at his foolish suit he's wearing. Then I continued my day. <laughs> then he came out and entered one of those cars. So I looked at the suit again. <laughs> So I told my wife that day, I said, I'm sure that suit is worth nothing less than a thousand or two thousand dollars. Yes. In fact, I told my wife, I said, This suit this guy is wearing. I said, It cannot be worth less than two thousand dollars because I, okay, actually, I didn't know him personally. I couldn't recognize him, but I knew his company. That's the MD, the owner. Now I look the suit again. I don't abuse the suit tired before. <laughs> So you can imagine if it was a poor man that paid a thousand dollars for a suit. Then that's how I go dish the suit. So he has to wear an expensive one to make me know his suit is, you know, is good. You know that you want. But when you don't hammer, you no know, one you're soaking guy with granite. Say I like that man. He's very humble. <laughs> he's very humble. He does not. He doesn't make you fuss about food. If his wife, you know, they don't press You just carry Gary, put granite in it, put sugar. Eh? You'll be admiring it. But let him be owing his landlord rent. And he's so in Gary, he said, ah, suffering won't kill this guy. Suffering <laughs> <laughs> won't kill this guy. Many of our problems in our life eh, is in the head. They are not real. They are not real. They are not real. And, <clears throat> what That's why I said, if God were to open your eyes, you see the people from, angel, from heaven, the way angels have seen this life, you withdraw some prayer points. You will withdraw some prayer points. 
The Lord is good. So that's why I said, if you have to ask God for something, don't be, I heard this one prayer, this night is my night of million. Begin to pray. It's not, those are rubbish prayer points. The prayer points say, Lord, confusion has come out of my life. In the name of Jesus, I have understanding. I will not be confused anymore. I look back at some of the expenditure I made during my wedding. I shouldn't have made them. They were unnecessary. They were unnecessary. They were totally unnecessary. If it's now, I tell the guy, what is shoe? Shine it well. Borrow your friends or nobody. What, what, what is my tell your friend, man? This your shoe is nice. Let me wear it for the wedding. Those days, I asked my wife, those days, I said, why don't people rent wedding gown? Hey, how can you wear rent wedding gown? <laughs> that time, it was forbidden. I said, remember my wife's wedding gown. I won't tell you how much it was. It was. <laughs> wedding gown. She brought it out of the box last week for me to look. I said, ah, you were this thing that time. <laughs> Shoot the girl. Ah. And the woman who made it came to the house in the morning to dress her up. But now, man, everybody don't wise up. There are now people who now professionally rent out gowns. I told my wife, was this not what I was saying that time? And everybody said, no, how can you wear something that somebody else has used for wedding? No, be sure. The whole thing I show is after we live there, we know whether we are really married or whether we are not married. Oh, may the Lord give us understanding. Anyway, let's continue. We are in debt, owing needlessly. If you buy a suit or a shirt or gown or blouse or shoe or hair, you go do hair, wig. And four months later, they are saying, Madam, please, I'm coming. In the name of Jesus, may it tear. <laughs> Let it catch fire when you are not wearing it. <laughs> Hang it outside, teeth will collect it and teach you the fear of God. As for your wig, they will collect it in traffic in Lagos. <laughs> Six months, you are still paying for suit. You should know that that suit is not your size. No, no, I know you think it's... <laughs> you may think it's your size 52 and it's 52. That's not what I mean. It's not your size. It's your size. It's not your size. You should wear suits that are your size. You go there, you pay. Sharp, sharp, you don't pay, finish. Not as if they, they want to give offering in church. You remove the one for the person you bought cloth from. Six months after. You should know you are... You are you, you, Satan... You know, you need to pray that someone like God. Let's see, not have dominion over me. Because at that one, you're operating under the dominion of Satan. This life, you must need, there are things you don't own, not clothes. In this Nigeria today, ah, come. There are too many free clothes flying around. Too many. Just look one bro, say, ah, oh boy. And look, I'm telling you, one day my wife removed one gown. She was rapping. I said, where are you going with it? So last time I wore this, one sister tapped me and said, Madam, this gown is fine. Can I have it? <laughs> so, and no, if you want to collect my wife's cloth, that's how you do it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm being honest with you. No, that, this, what I've told has happened to me. That's how to do these things. Some people say, no, I can't wear what somebody else has worn. And you don't have. You are very stupid. <laughs> what is the big deal about you? go wear this shoe. Say, ah, 
Say this shoe now for Kimuti Lega collector. <laughs> you, you know what happened last time? Last Tuesday we finished it. Was it still Saturday? I think it was Tuesday. Yes. You know, sometimes when I rush into the car, I, I wear slippers, enter the car. Then I, I carry my shoe. So, 